Welcome to the Blue Stocking Baptist Podcast. My name is Hannah Oliver, and today I'm here with an ex-Mormon who is also a friend. Her name is Josie. Unfortunately, today Esther is not with us because she has had various things going on in her life, which has prevented us from working on our outline and preparing for our podcasts. I've also been really busy out of town um, raising my children, and it's just been crazy. So instead of our planned podcast on what the gospel is for Mormons. I've asked Josie if she'd be willing to come on and tell her testimony about how she came to the faith. So Josie, would you like to say anything? I'm excited. This is awesome. Thank you for inviting me to come do this. Yeah, I'm happy that you did. Josie agreed to do this uh, about 12 hours ago. (laughs) Was it 12 hours ago? Like it seems less than that. Uh, Let's see. I asked you around two so maybe it's not two hours it's like way less than that because it's eight it's 8 p.m (laughs) but yeah i'm planning on releasing this episode in the morning so i was really thankful that josie agreed to do this because i had i wasn't really sure what else i was gonna do but yeah so i know josie we have formed a friendship over i think we've known each other for a year almost a year okay so back in november was when you left the church right uh, yes, November of 2017. Okay. Well, that's when I like started my transition out or decided that I was done. <laughs> yes. So shortly after that, I want to say it was, it was the, it was after the new year. I don't remember exactly, but sometime before summer. April or May. That, yeah, I feel like that would make sense. Josie had posted something in a private Facebook group for ex-Mormons and who are exploring Christianity. And I remember I'd commented on it just casually and she'd reached out to me. And so from that point, Josie and I continued to talk fairly regularly for how many months would you say? A long time. (laughs) At least six months. And she happened to live in an area that I, the, the man who married my husband and I lived in her town. And so I was trying to like get her to go to church and pestering her to reach out to him um but through that you did she did she went a couple of times and Josie had a very long um long period of time of wrestling with a lot of stuff and I've seen the pleasure of her coming to faith so Josie do you want to tell us your background and sure so my background goes like way back to the beginning of the church, my fifth great grandpa was um, the first to join the church and he was in the original quorum of the 50 under Joseph Smith. And then later he, after Joseph Smith was murdered, then he um, was called to the quorum of the 12 under Brigham Young. So the roots go way, way back. And so I guess I would be just going through, and if I'm doing my math right, I would be eighth generation, or I would have been eighth generation Mormon now that I'm out. Um, my parents were both members, and they were sealed in the Seattle Temple in, like, I don't know, 82, I think, something like that. And so I obviously I was born in the covenant, I was baptized at eight, um, worked really hard and earned my Young Women of Recognition Award. I got my endowments out probably seven years ago, I think. I've held multiple callings in the church. I've been a primary teacher, the second counselor in the Relief Society presidency, 
went to seminary institute. This is definitely not a Molly Mormon, but I was working my way to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so maybe that's my background. And then I had a faith crisis. <laughs> so tell us about that. What was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back that kind of pushed you to breaking away from the church? I don't know that I can pinpoint just one specific thing. I think that there was just multiple things that I had put on my proverbial shelf that just kept building up and building up and building up until the shelf broke. And I was like, I can no longer deny the truth that I'm finding and figuring out that I've been living a lie for my entire life. And now it's time to figure out what, what the truth is. So, and you were in the church 30 years, correct? Um, 31. Okay. Yeah. And both of your parents are still members or is it just your mom? Nope. Both parents are still and yep. Okay. So man, there's a lot of different directions that we could take this. Um, <laughs> what was, so when you initially had started to pull away from the church, where did you find yourself looking for answers? Did you feel like you started looking to the church to try to figure out maybe you were wrong or were, were you looking outside of the church trying to solve this puzzle? When I started questioning, I kind of, I pretty much delved into to looking into all things Mormonism and looking into the history and looking through the journal of discourses, mm -hmm. um, looking into all the different accounts of the first vision. I went through all of the gospel topic essays on LDS.org and just really digging into the history. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I know enough. It, it's time to get out. So then yeah. it was like, okay, where do you go from here? I didn't, I didn't feel because of my upbringing, I couldn't put any faith in the Bible yet. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go to the Bible for answers. I just started looking for a church or a community to, to connect with. And so I did find a church and I knew that I was going to need that support once I decided that I was out and walking away because it doesn't always go over well <laughs> with family when you decide to walk away from your lifelong religion that's considered to be the only true church. So, and you had originally found yourself in a Christian church first, correct? Yes. What was it that convinced you to trust the Bible as a stepping stone? into being more comfortable with the idea of Christianity? Mm -hmm. um, like I had started reading the Bible and it sounded good, but I still wrestled with a lot of things because growing up in Mormonism, they tell you like there's been plain and precious truths that are taken away from the Bible. Mm -hmm. So even though it has like true things that are in there, it's not the truth. It's not the final word. It's, it just doesn't have the same emphasis placed on it as like the Book of Mormon or the Doctrine and Covenants or even general conference talks are placed mm -hmm. above that. So it wasn't until several months later as I was transitioning out and had a mentor, a mentor and she challenged me to just put all my beliefs aside and um, research the Bible, look into like um, all the manuscripts, look for archaeological evidence. Is there evidence to support the validity of the Bible and the stories that are in there outside of Christianity itself? So it did all the historians and just kind of went crazy with it. And that to me 
solidify that there is just overwhelming evidence that this is God's word, that this is not something that was um, taken lightly and he preserved it very well so I could trust it. (laughs) And you wrote an awesome, what was it, like eight pages on all of your research. And I remember- I'm still adding. (laughs) And I remember you showed it to me and you're like, okay, I know, I know that the Bible is trustworthy, but then you kind of came to a place where you're like, but is it true? And I remember from that point, it was like you were you were willing to trust the Bible, but you were still wrestling with a lot of, a lot of, I guess you could say claims that it made. Um, but what was I guess the hardest thing for you coming out? I know that you have said that there's a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges. Um, but I guess yeah. we could say a couple of different things um, that you yeah. didn't expect, or even with your family, because you had mentioned that. Yeah. So I think. The biggest thing that I, well, there's two big things that I struggled with. All of it was a struggle because you're, you're undoing all of these things that you've been taught your entire life. It's, you're losing your identity and who you've been from the beginning of time and even before that. So I struggled the most with the pre-existence. Mm-hmm. And finding out that I didn't live in heaven with a heavenly father and heavenly mother and with my brother Jesus and Lucifer and that I wasn't a literal child of God mm-hmm. before. And that was a really hard thing for me to come to terms with. I really wrestled with that for months. Mm-hmm. It was it was really painstaking to lose that and to have felt like I was a child of God from the beginning and then to have that taken away from me and not knowing at that specific time when or if I would ever be a child of God and didn't Mm -hmm. understand how all of that worked. I do now and so grateful to be adopted into that family. (laughs) But I I, I think in that it changes, it changed my view of who Jesus was, that Mm -hmm. he wasn't my brother. And now, now, he's God. And that was not something that I had realized or understood before. And it wasn't taught within the church. So kind of shifting from almost being equal to Jesus in a way to now yeah, realizing that you so he's a much bigger person than what he was before. Yeah. Now he's God he's not he's not a brother yeah so that was interesting and then I think my my second biggest thing that I struggled with was navigating family relationships Mm -hmm. um I had started to tell my mom in the beginning that I was like felt like I was having a faith crisis that I was checking out a new church um was just struggling with some things and looking for some answers and and started going to a Christian church and had was looking through all the history and doing just trying to figure out truth mm-hmm. and finally came to a decision like yes it's it's totally false I, I need to walk away and I'm never coming back and I just felt like I couldn't wait any longer and so I resigned using the quit Mormon lawyer and had hoped that the church would be respectful about my my leaving and that I would be able to continue on my path to to tell my family one by one that I had left and that did not happen. Um, 
that before I even had known that my resignation had gone through, the local church had found out about it and they talked about it in ward council and Mm -hmm. they different leadership people within my ward had called different members of my family, even family out of state and had told them that I resigned. (laughs) And so I never got to tell my family. And so that's just made things difficult from here on out because they found out in a roundabout way and I didn't get to tell them in the way that I wanted to, to try to preserve those relationships that I had before. So between those two things and so many other things, but these are my, my two biggest things that I've struggled with. (laughs) So you've kind of talked about your background and some of the biggest challenges for you personally with leaving the church, but can you kind of tell the listeners how you came to faith kind of your journey across, not across country because it wasn't very far, but how you moved and how various different things happened in your life of the Lord's hand and providence in your life, but also just still kind of not really anchored into anything for a while. Yeah. I think I I had to go get to a point where I needed to back away from everybody because I had so many different voices in my Mm -hmm. head from so many different people saying, oh, believe this, believe this, like this is, this is truth and that's truth. And mm-hmm. it was just getting really confusing for me. So I kind of went into isolation mode for a while mm-hmm. and it allowed God an opportunity to shake up my life even more than I thought it was capable of being shaken up and moved me across country from the frying pan into the fire <laughs> in Utah. <laughs> I'm like, really, God, like you, you bring me out of Mormonism and then you bring me to the heart of Mormonism. I don't know what you're doing here, but okay. Like this is, I'll go where you want me to go. And it was so. totally like a God thing. Cause I remember you were trying so hard to like find a job in the area where you were trying to make it work. And it was every single and door. Was everything was getting in your land face. in my face. Yeah. It was awful. It was really heartbreaking, but it just kind of got me to that point where it was like, I have no other option. I don't know what I'm going to do here. I cannot figure this out. I've tried everything. Nothing is working. And I just had to get to a point where I was desperate enough to let God take over my life. And then you had, you'd moved to Utah over like a weekend, right? It was kind of like you decided you got hired, you moved. Yeah, I had to move in three days. (laughs) And then, so you found yourself in Utah and then you work with a lot of Mormons you'd mentioned to me earlier. And how is that yeah. kind of being in a culture that you've, you try, you've, exca- you've escaped? <laughs> um, I believe in it or not, there is a lot of culture shock. Like even being raised in the church, the culture of Mormonism outside of Utah is a totally different beast. And so moving to Utah where it's, you eat, breathe, sleep Mormonism here, mm-hmm. it's, it's definitely a culture shock, but I'm trying to love them the best that I can. <laughs> and then at what point, so you moved to Utah, you, you kind of, you had pretty much nothing when you had moved. I remember you had, I can't remember if you said that you had a mattress or you needed a mattress or there was a lot of things happening. <laughs> like, you didn't have what you yeah. needed. Um, it was all God. I came with pretty much nothing. We came with like three boxes of clothes and a box of toys and a a blow up mattress and some linen and that was it and 
I was still trying to work things out and be in control. And God got me to another point where he's like, you're not in control. You have no control over anything. Mm -hmm. The only person that does is me. So if you'll just lay everything down and stop fighting it, then, then I'll provide for you. So it was when I could get to that point again, he provided way better than I ever could have for myself and has given us everything that we need. And it's just been amazing. <laughs> it really has been. It's been cool to see. I don't think there's been a single thing that you haven't been given in like a crazy way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, all right, God, like you're just teaching me to trust you and to, to rely on you and to press in and just to know like that I can't control it and you will, and you'll figure it out. And no matter what's going on, you're going to use it for my good and you'll provide for me because you're a good father. And I'm just going to trust that. And mm -hmm. It's, it's continually been the best decision I've made. So hard, it's been the best. <laughs> and so when you, when you moved to Utah, around that time, at some point, you had gotten saved. But yes. you, can you tell us about how you were baptized and um, from that point on, how you've been yeah. in your faith and coming to yeah. Christ? So I, I don't know that there was one specific date where I can pinpoint that I came to faith but there's been multiple instances that it where God's just been drawing me to him but I do remember um, one experience that I had towards the end of November of 2018 and I just was definitely hitting rock bottom again and mm -hmm got to a point where I was, I was struggling with some things and was asking God, I was like, I need answers to the specific question because this is something that's keeping me from letting go of everything that I have and just turning myself over to you. And I've tried to figure this question out. I've, I've, I've looked for the answers, but I'm not, I'm not getting it. And I, it took me probably the course of the week to, to hit that rock bottom point. But once I got there, God worked it all out. He had three people call me within like hours of each other. It was just like back to back to back. Each person called. They had no idea what I was going through, what I was questioning, mm -hmm. what I was struggling with. And they called with that specific answer. And each of those three people explained it in a different way. And my heart was able to be, to be open to those things and soft enough and ready to hear those things that it was like, oh, okay. No, I get it now. Like I, the burden is lifted. I am just, there's no way that I can deny all the things that God's been doing in my life, the way that he's worked, he's provided for me. He's done all of these things. And now I get this last final thing. And so what do you, what do you do with that other than make that public declaration that yes like God's done this amazing work in my life I've I've got the answers that I need to be able to put my trust and faith in him and so I was like that was my little come to Jesus moment and so <laughs> I reciprocated <laughs> and was like okay I, I there there's no denying I I trust you I have faith in you I am just relinquishing everything mm -hmm. and 
I'm just a new person. So I got baptized on December 30th and it was just amazing. I was able to have so many people come that have mentored me mm-hmm. from a distance this whole past year on my journey out of the church and just to have them come and witness and support me. And that has just was amazing. It was an awesome day, way better than my baptism when I was eight years old. (laughs) This time I actually knew what I was doing and who I was doing it for. And that it was not a decision of my own, that it was God that drew me to him Uh where before I don't even think I understood what I was doing. I just did it because everybody else was doing it. And that's what the church wanted me to do. Yeah. But now my faith is in Christ and I just wanted to share that with other people. So it was pretty amazing. And I remember the day that I saw that you'd been baptized and I, I had a friend over and I literally like smacked her. She was in the middle of talking and I smacked her and I was like, <laughs> look at this. Like, Sorry, I just interrupted you, but this is way more important. And Aww. I was so excited and I don't think there's ever been like a time where I was so encouraged up to that point in my life to just see, cause I've been helping, trying to help Mormons out of the church mm-hmm. for a while. And sometimes you just feel like it's kind of fruitless work and it's challenging and it's hard and it can be frustrating and you never really see fruit produced from your efforts. And there was a ton of people, I mean, witnessing to you and discipling you and pouring into you. I mean, there was so many and to just see like, wow, this is not, no one did this, but God. And I just remember being so encouraged, like, Oh, I knew Josie would come to faith. I knew I know. it. I felt so bad because I totally like dropped off the face of the planet. So grateful for all the mentoring and mm-hmm. the people walking with me and answering questions and just helping me work through things. But I just finally got to a point where I was like, I just need to listen, listen to God. And he's going to tell me what's the right thing to do. And he is going to draw me in if I can just focus on him and make him the center point of my life and just follow that instead of placing other people's opinions over, over his. So, and you did have a ton of opinions from Christians to non-Christians. I mean, you did have it all in your ear. So I definitely think it was wise for you to pull away. It was was hard to see how God used, like, like you've said in the past in here, like you got to a point of rock bottom, you were pretty isolated. And then it was there where the Lord met you where you were. And you were saved. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I've, no. I've loved sharing your story with other people. And I know it's encouraged a lot of people. I remember asking throughout the year of just knowing you and you wrestling with so many things and asking people to pray for you. And I was praying for you. And then just to see that happen and then just your story. And I hope that even putting it in a, an audio format, it'll encourage people <laughs> to see that, Mormons do come out of the church and there is hope for them and they aren't beyond reach. And right. if you'll share the truth with them and be persistent. And I think that's another thing that a lot of people get really discouraged with, with evangelism. Yeah, it's, it's not a quick thing. It's not, oh, no. it's a slow process and you need to build the relationship and the friendship and it, you, you can't just go and, and dump all the untruths in their face and expect that they're going to come out. Well, I remember even having just a conversation with you reading through Genesis, like it was, it was every little doctrine that I remember that was just devastating to you. And you taught me that the Holy Spirit didn't sleep 
And I remember I was <laughs> super shocked, but that was something that you really taught me of like to be really patient with the ex-Mormon because every doctrine that you're facing is a big deal because you've been immersed in it and the implications of every doctrine, like it leads to something else. Like, okay, well, if yeah. that's not true, then that's not true. And then all of a sudden you've opened the door to right. 50 like doctrines. Pandora's box. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's so overwhelming. And I mean, it's just awesome to see how, like just the kindness of God and how gracious he was to you and how slow he was with you. And I don't know. He needs to do that though. Cause you, you, he has to draw you in and, and build this relationship with you and, and get you to trust him because you, you need that relationship with him to be able to make it through this process. And that was something that I never had in Mormonism. Like having a relationship yeah. with Jesus, like what? Like that's not that was not a thing. So I I didn't have I didn't trust him. Like he was my heavenly father, and then there was Jesus, but it was not a close personal relationship that we had. So I I I needed him to to make me trust him, and he slowly did that, which is pretty amazing. It's it's amazing to have this relationship with him now. I agree. I think it's awesome. So what was, what has been your greatest joy of coming to the faith and um, pulling away from the church, all of that? I I think just knowing that, that God drew me to him and that Jesus, it's Jesus that um, is talked about in the Bible is knowing that he laid down his life for me and that he could save me mm-hmm. where this Jesus in Mormonism was completely unable to save me. It was all about my works and everything mm-hmm. that I did. And, and then maybe if I had done enough that he would make up the difference with grace. But now having this relationship with Jesus and putting my faith in him, I know that the work is already done. The war is over. He's already done it. I am saved and I just need to keep the faith and just keep pursuing him and that brings me the greatest joy and it's so sweet to have not had this for so long and yes it's been so grueling but to just be blessed with this relationship now is so sweet it's just it's an amazing blessing is there anything else that you would like to share um any advice or anything that you can think of that's something that you would want ex-Mormons to know about or Christians to know about or even like what's your heart towards um, the Mormons that you know? Uh, I don't know. There's various different things that you could say if you want to. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would just say like for the person that's questioning or who's delved into the doctrine and is having the faith crisis, don't get stuck in the history because you can get stuck there. You can get stuck in the angry stage, but there is another side to it. If you can, can dig into the Bible and figure out that it is reliable, that you, if you can find Jesus in there and seek him out and just learn his character, that that will get you through to the other side, through the angry stage and seek out 
uh, Christians, like good, strong, biblical Christians, go find them, find somebody to mentor you, to walk with you, to answer your questions, because you can't do it alone. And you need people to, to help point you back to God. And that was probably one of the biggest things that's helped me is that any time that I was wavering, that I was questioning, am I doing the right thing? Is this really true? Mm -hmm. Have I found truth or have I not? But just having people pointing me back towards that way and pointing me back to God is, was so influential and helpful. I could, I don't know that I could have kept turning myself around. I know God could have, but Mm -hmm. I just don't know that I could have done it on my own. You need help. And you from were, God and others. And you were in a local church from like the get-go. And I know that you yeah. have lots of relationships, even both both in person and um, from far away. But I agree yeah. that's important. Yeah. And it was just so helpful to be able to connect with people that knew the background of Mormonism mm-hmm. and could understand where it was coming from and why different things that I would find in the Bible were so so earth shattering. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was good to have people to relate to because I, th- I just think people that don't know about Mormonism cannot, cannot comprehend the indoctrination or the way things are twisted or used, used to, to keep people from the truth. Mm-hmm. So it was, it I would encourage Christians that don't know about Mormonism, dig in, look into it, check Mm -hmm. it out, figure it out. Talk to people who have come out of the church. Um, Look at the gospel topic essays, even though it's on the church website and it's, it's not all completely accurate, but it's a good spot to start and to, to dig into it so that you can help people who are coming out. I think it's really important. I agree. I mean, it's something that I'm also really passionate about is seeing other Christians desire to put in the hard work of studying Mormonism, which is far and wide and long and never ending and, and ever changing and ever changing. And <laughs> it's, it, 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 I felt like it was really important to understand where you were coming from because there were so many things that you would stumble over and to be able to offer like, some clarification on various different things because everything's just so convoluted and messy and confusing. And I mean, yeah, being an ex Mormon and I know many ex Mormons have said this, like it is lonely coming out of the church and it's so confusing. And like you're saying, you've been indoctrinated. You really have to the. From day one, like from from 18 months on. (laughs) Yeah. And to get out of that, it doesn't take it. I wouldn't say it's normal for it to take. 24 hours for a Mormon to just be yeah. like, all right, right. I, I'm out. I get it. I don't believe this anymore. Like, cause you, you went back and forth a lot. And I remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, the guilt that comes with leaving it, it's, it's hard because yeah. they tell you like, this is the one true church. Like if this is, isn't true, then nothing else is. So it was hard. It was, it took a long time to work through that and to realize that that they weren't right. <laughs> and it's not just the church you're leaving, you're leaving a whole culture, your family, everything you've ever known, like you said, your identity. It's it's not it's everything. 
Yeah, it's it's a, it's everything of who you are. And so you leaving something like that is not just like, well, I've decided this isn't true and you can walk out on it. And I think that's why it is important for Christians to really understand like what Mormonism teaches to really sympathize and be patient. Because I do think it's easy yeah. to get frustrated with someone who's going back and forth on certain things. And um, I mean, to just... I think it's important to just trust God, like, with, yeah, definitely. With lots of prayer. Planning. Yeah. And lots of prayer. I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Is there anything else that you want to say or just pray for them? I think is the biggest thing that we can do. I know that there are so many people that are leaving right now and there's so many people because of, of the things that we've been taught and that it's, that it's the only true church. There's so many people that are just set up to, to end up in ag as agnostic or atheist yeah. and it doesn't have to be that way. And I think if more people um, know about Mormonism and are able to step in and to mentor people as they leave and to reach out to them that we can plant those seeds for God and he can water them and mentor them out and cause growth. I think that's yeah. the best outcome that we can hope and pray for. Absolutely. And I mean, it's happening. Like you said, people are coming out of the church and yeah, all the time. The workers are few, but I know that there's a lot of really faithful Christians ministering and it's definitely we just need more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, everybody knows a Mormon. I don't know. Anybody who doesn't know someone, they're your neighbors, they're your family members. I know lots of people with family members that they, they struggle with them not knowing the truth and being um, in Mormonism. And I know a lot of people get really discouraged, like they'll never come out and, but right. people do and people do come, people do come to faith. You're, exa you're an example of that. And I think it, your story will encourage people that the Lord does save and find comfort he in does. that and to be praying for people because like you yeah. said, it's important. And it is prayer can change the world. Prayer can bring people to faith. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so I actually, this has nothing to do with your coming to Jesus story. Um, it, it has. So when you had listened to our episodes on, um, Mormonism and you had mentioned something that I wasn't really sure about and kind of stumbled through and looked online about the Lord's Supper and I'd be curious if you'd be willing to clarify what I said and what's actually true <laughs> okay you'll have to remind me <laughs> I, okay. I can slightly remember this conversation no you're good it was on the Lord's Supper I think I had said something along the lines of so it had to do with children taking communion and I read a Doctrine oh, yeah. Covenant um, passage that talked about taking it worthily. But I remember you had mentioned something about, well, that's no one's worthy or, and talking oh, no. about age. So, yeah. So I, growing up in the church, I don't ever remember there being like a specific set age for people to take the sacrament. Um, I think it, it was, it was given to the family to decide when was appropriate for their child to be able to take that. And like in my family with my, my 
siblings, their children took it at different ages. And there's not like a, there's no specific doctoring that says, oh, you have to wait until you're baptized or, oh, you have to wait until you're 18. Like you can take it whenever, but you do have to take it worthily. And um, there's some people that would say that that's not true, but it is because there's church discipline processes and, um, when you're subject to those church discipline, you, the first thing that they ask you not to do is not to take the sacrament because you're not worthy. And so you, you have to make restitution and, and do all the things that the church wants you to do before you're able to worthily, worthily take that again. So there, there is a proponent of, of, of taking it worthily, but I think most people think that they are. Because it was and interesting. None of us are. <laughs> which yes, which is the reality of coming out of Mormonism to see that. But because that it was interesting when I read the Doctrines and Covenants thing, it was talking about well, no one's really worthy, and I, I don't remember exactly what it said. But and you were like, no, that's so not true because if you were if if you've been deemed not worthy, and if you were to take that, like, right, the church watches, like, yeah, they watch they watch and 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 it could be worse on your head if you take it unworthily within the church so yeah <laughs> any other thoughts Josie before we sign off oh keep up the good work keep praying for us <laughs> praying for my people pray for those people pray for those Mormon people <laughs> <laughs> all right well Josie I I'm really thankful that you were willing to do this um, such last minute and for yeah. sharing your story. Um, but yeah, I'd have nothing really <laughs> that I plan to end this episode with. So um, is there a verse that's encouraging to you? That was hmm. like a really important verse to you. Well, one that has continually come up in my life and has come up again this week um would be let's see if I can find it here really quick I was just looking at it um anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me whoever finds their life will lose it and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it and that has been the, the verse that, verses that have gotten me through many difficult circumstances and knowing that sometimes you have to lay it all down and you have to give up relationships to follow Jesus. And, and that's the most important relationship because that's the one that's going to save you. Amen. We thank you for joining us and we hope that you join us next time. You can find us on Facebook. We also have a Patreon if you would like to support us. Please be praying for us, especially with everything going on in both of our lives. It's made it really difficult for us to find the time to record with one another and um, put in the time to study and create things that, um, that are well done. So if you'll be praying for us. And Josie, thanks so much for joining us. Yes, yeah, thank you. And we will see you next time. God bless, guys.